Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello and welcome to the 259th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Uh, good to be back. Sorry about the delay since our last episode. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, we didn't get to, we didn't get to pre-record anything, and I thought about getting some episodes up with Lena, and life has just been busy. I hear you, man. I told you that we were looking for cars, and so we were spending some of our, some of our weekends doing that. By the way, sorry about the background noise that you hear. My uh, nephew. Yeah, what's going on over there? My nephews and niece are here, and they 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 think coming down to the basement and like trying to sneak up on me, I guess, in some manner, is hilarious. So they're stomping around upstairs, and they come downstairs, and then. They like peek around the corner and then they sprint in. So I'm gonna try to mute myself as I can to keep the that the background noise to the to a minimum because I want to talk to you about your China trip. But Lena and I, yeah, spent most of our weekends looking for cars. And yesterday we oh snap yesterday we finally decided on the CRV. So we 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 got it. Congratulations. Thank you. So Honda CRV. Yeah, man, dude. Honestly, that was the that was like the car we assumed we were gonna get a long time ago. At like at the very mm-hmm. beginning, and so I'm literally just looking at my nephew. He thinks I don't see him. <laughs> um, that was the car <laughs> that we thought we were going to get from the, from the very beginning, and we had a few in the consideration. We were primarily looking at the Hyundai Santa Fe, the uh, Subaru Forester. We considered the Nissan Rogue as well as the Toyota Rav4, but both those two cars ended up being a bit too small for our needs, so we kind of were able to eliminate those pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But the Subaru was a little bit too small for us, and then we ended up eliminating it based off of that alone. And then we were really thinking about the Santa Fe and the um, CRV. So yesterday we looked at the yesterday we looked at the CRV, and uh, I'm sorry, we looked at both the Santa Fe and the CRV. And Lena didn't like the way the Santa Fe felt. Like of all the cars that has the best space, which is what we were really looking to get to improve our our space primarily for Lena, since she was driving a two door um, Civic. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this, this, we got to get out of that two door life, man. Absolutely. So the Santa Fe had great space. If you know, for like two adults and and a car seat, it was actually going to be somewhat comfortable in the back seat. And so that's what we were looking to try to get because we do drive around with you know me, Elena, Gordon, and um, like her mom and stepdad. So we um, we were really considering that. We were really considering that, but it just didn't feel great to Lena when she was driving it around. So um we test drove the CRV and it just felt it felt right for Lena. Um so nice. That's what we end up getting. Now I heard through the grapevine that she really wanted a red car. What is the fascination with red? That's just the color that she likes with her cars. Uh, it, her f- and she's okay with like higher insurance rates for that? I don't it, it, is the insurance rate actually higher for the color of the car alone? I feel like they say that like red and yellow cars have higher insurance rates. I don't know if that's a a real thing or if that is just a myth, but I do know that um, a lot of insurance companies, at least that's certainly that I've read, will have higher rates for cars that supposedly get more accidents or just more visible for stuff. Um, So I don't know. Yeah. So I've I've heard that stuff as well. Um, I don't really know like the... Yeah, if that's real or not, I've never like tried to 
see what would happen if I were to add a car of a different color and just see what that what that uh, that rate change ends up being. What I can tell you is that the so like my insurance and her insurance are almost identical, and mine is a lot cheaper than hers. So I don't know if that's because of um, I have one accident on my record that was so we both so I have one accident on my record. She has two. Neither of those or none of those were were our faults. My accident was like a, was like ten years ago now. Hers mm-hmm. was I think like three and five years ago respectively. Not respectively, just three and five years ago. Um, right and. She, uh, I, uh, both of them, she was like completely stopped. One person crashed into her when she was trying to park or leave her parking spot. And then the other one, what, and like she was, she, you know, she was in her car, not moving and the person hit her. And then the other accident was when she, she got rear-ended when she was in traffic on 95. Um, my accident, my accident, Jesus, this is going to be terrible to edit. Um, my accident. Nah, leave it in, dude. This is a mess. You guys are, uh, are you torturing kids in the background to get like information? Right? This is how they entertain themselves. My accident, yeah. there was a woman who, who made a left on red in, uh, towards me as I was going straight on the road and, uh, I ended up hitting her, but yeah, she, she ran a red light. Um, so yeah, that I, I don't know if, so my, my insurance is like $200 cheaper than hers every six months, which is just ridiculous. It's not, it's not just the vehicle. Um, when we got this new car, her insurance rate dropped by $4. Um, I think it dropped because this car has a lot more, a uh, lot more safety features, but I was a little surprised that it dropped. Oh, okay. it did not drop much more than that. I can't remember how much mine dropped when I got my new car, but I know mine dropped as well because of like backup camera, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the fascination with red cards, I think she just likes the way they look. And they do look good. I mean, like some some cars really do look good in red. Um, they say that, you know, it draws attention from police and stuff. But she's a pretty safe driver. She's never been pulled over for anything. Well, she was pulled over once actually before the Philly Marathon. And that was because she had a tint on her windows. But she has a prescription for it. But it turns out that's it's just completely illegal in Philly. Who knew? Um, oh, okay. They just like said something to us, but we actually almost missed you at that first stop on that marathon because oh, that's or the right. half marathon because of that. Because of the uh, prescription, does she have to have that yes. uh, on her when she's driving? Yeah, so she had it in her car the whole time. Um, it was always just there. So when she got pulled over for it, she'd like just gotten the prescription a few weeks prior. She'd had the tint for the whole time that she had she bought ever since she bought the car. And it was when she went to get the car's registration renewed that that the DMV was like, yeah, we can't pass you unless you have a prescription for that. So she had to get a prescription for it formally. Um, it's super easy to do. You just say, you just tell anybody that you got problems with like glare and stuff. And apparently a doctor will write you a script for it. Um, so yeah, the insurance rate. So she really wanted a red, a red car. The issue was with the CRV, the 2019 CRVs, they're on clearance and they're almost identical to the 2020 CRVs, but they had like a $2,000 sale for the 2019s. But the 2019s, they only had available uh, white, black, and, and silver, I think, with their colors. And the red, even if they did have a 2019, is more of a, um, a burgundy. It's not really a red. Like Landa doesn't, she doesn't like the way it looks at all. She wants a more like vibrant or candy red. And they had that in the 2020 CRV, but of course it's two thousand dollars more expensive. So naturally, she compromised and got a white one. Um, overall, she's happy with it, but yeah, I think she would have been like the you know ultimate happy if if she was able to get it in red. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, 
So that was one thing that we've done that we've that we've finished. You get a good deal on it. Yeah, yeah, we got a really good deal on it. We the big thing was this the Santa Fe. They, Hyundai was having great deals, and with Hyundai, at least with this dealership, they have all the prices listed. You don't need to negotiate. They have a you know there, there's MSRP, then they have a sale price, and then they have like two different rebates going. So already we were getting like we would have gotten a good deal with a sale price alone, but then there's like oh the car is even two thousand dollars cheaper than that because of rebates, and so. With when we went to Honda, we weren't really. I wasn't expecting to make a purchase yesterday, but mm-hmm. but uh, when we went to Honda, they were like Lano seemed a little bit a, a bit ready to do it. And I was like, oh wait, really? So he's like, you know, what what can we do to make the sale happen now? It's like, well, we already worked the numbers out with Hyundai, right? But Lano doesn't like the drive of the car, but she's able to compromise if she needs to. So what would what would it take to get us for us to buy this car? I don't expect you to drop the price down that much. However, we got to get as close to that number as we possibly can that monthly payment that that we would be that's interesting that you would say that you don't expect them to drop the price that much i don't like why would you offer that i don't i don't know if i said it like that i don't think i necessarily said okay. it like that. i'm like why are you why are you on their side right <laughs> no, now no, no, no. they're just trying to make a sale it's, it's not so like it, i guess it's the thought is okay that we've already gotten a negotiated price from them they've so the, i can't remember what the msrp is but they've already given us a number and um they say okay this is the price of the car we have a two thousand dollar discount um, we're giving you $500 loyalty because you already drive Hondas and this is the price we're going to drop the car but like below that. And even even so, with all those deductions, it's still coming out more than the Santa Fe. So it's like, okay, well, here's the thing. I already, I already see the difference. I already see the difference uh, between the Santa Fe and this. Uh, it's, pretty, it's a pretty sizable difference in terms of the cost, right? Like that monthly cost, it's probably going to equate to like $1,500 difference. I already know they're not going to come down to $1,500, but let's see what we can get and the thing that was frustrating and i like one of the things i don't like when it comes to this negotiation process is they they're giving you all sorts of different numbers like okay this is msrp this is the retail price this is the price after tax this is your monthly payment price uh another difference was we were going to be able to get 0.9 percent apr from uh, hyundai but all but 2.9 from honda so you're getting all these different numbers thrown around and it's very difficult to compare apples to apples. Mm-hmm. And so they want to talk about this number at one instance, but then they talk about another number at another instance. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, you got to be like real careful exactly. about that. So, because um, at one point he was like saying, okay, well, what if we were able to get this number down to this? And like, what would it take? And Lena was like, okay, maybe at this number. And I was like, no, 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 no. That, that, that number, that like the monthly payment is already below that, what, below what she said. Because right. he was assuming, because we were doing all these calculations assuming no down payment because that was the easiest way to do that um because like we just didn't know we were flexible with what the down payment would be so i was like yeah just no down payment what's the cost and so he was like okay well what if we do this with a trade-in and then let's say your down payment's this much like what what's the number and then she said a number i was like no no no, that's with the damn with the down payment that right the, so you're going to boost the car, the price of the car you're going to raise it to reach that number just to lower it exactly again. so um, it just got, it was just too much. So anyway, we, we, we ended up doing the deal. No, Hey, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that somebody was paying attention. Yeah. So we did the deal. Uh, Lana did a trade in with her old Honda. So she was sad to let that go. Um, moving on to a white car or a white SUV. So she feels like that, you know, this is another transition into adulthood. I was like, I mean, you, I feel like you transitioned to an adult, to an adult a long time ago when you got your own place or when you got married or when you had a baby, but I guess getting the, the non two door car is the, is the final nail in the coffin if you will so yeah man we did that and then um 
the other thing that I did really quickly since I've already gone on about six minutes too long since I wanted to hear about China was last weekend I competed in my first like competition since I was a kid. I did a a CrossFit a CrossFit um, workout like competition. Now, what is it now? How do CrossFit competitions work? So there are some that can be that can be done individually, but I think a lot of times you'll hear these being done uh, with teams. And so it's basically um, one gym that hosts multiple um, teams and athletes from a variety of gyms in the area. So this was at Bear CrossFit, and there were a lot of people who came from Delaware. So people were people were coming up from from Southern Delaware. So they were driving up about like two to three hours to come to this location to compete in this competition. And they have two different divisions for um, men and women. There's uh, intermediate and scaled. So intermediate is like the standard and scaled is the like modified workouts so that they're feasible for people who aren't necessarily, you know, deadlifting 500 pounds or whatever. So a team, a, a couple of guys from my gym have actually asked me, I think at least one of them has asked me in previous years if I wanted to compete. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know. Like I'm not doing... I'm not really doing CrossFit to compete or anything like that, but for whatever reason, I guess because I haven't been going so often, despite the fact that this is the least fit that I've been in probably two years, um, I decided to say, yeah, like, sure, why not? So I joined them. There were uh, four workouts that you that you do in a single day. We have about an hour between each workout, and I think they had six teams performing at a time. So during each heat, there were four heats. So my team was... was um, was in the fourth heat, the four of the four heats. So for the first workout, we got to watch the three the three heats before us before we got to compete. In our division, there was only one other group. There was only one other team in our division. So we had already placed, we already got podium to, just by entering. Uh, but of course the challenge was to beat those guys. So the first workout, uh, I don't really wanna get into the details of the workouts, but the first two workouts, I just like felt I don't know like what it was. I guess just, I don't want to say slow. Get knocked on your butt. Yeah, I just wasn't there. I just wasn't there. I wasn't ready. I don't know if it's because it was early. I'm not, I don't usually like to work out in the morning, but that, those workouts were tough. Um, Particularly the first workout, I guess like it was a bit of the nerves as well as just the weight that we were lifting and like the consistency with with which we were doing it. The second workout was more of like a relay. So I was able to kind of just bank through that and just push through the pain. So I feel like I performed pretty well in the second workout. The third workout, I think, was my best. And the fourth workout, it was just like, all right, this is this is the end. It's a long workout, but we were able to just push through. Um, unfortunately, we, we placed second um, of the two teams again. So we lost to the other group. Uh, I actually don't know how the, the points the points breakdown worked in the end, but it was still really good to do. I'm glad we did it. I don't think mm-hmm. I would initiate a, a team in the future, but I think if I were asked to do it again, as at least assuming I'm still doing this, then I, then I would. Um, just w- what you notice is that like with the baby, things are tough, man. Like we woke up, the thing was our first heat was at nine forty, but I don't think I was ever told a time that we were supposed to get there. And I think the doors open at eight. So I was planning on getting there around like eight fifty before the first heat started of the first workout. And I got a text at like eight, like, Hey, we're here in the corner. Like, you know, just, you know, let us know when you're here. And I was like, yeah, I was planning on getting there like for 45 minutes. So I was like, Oh yeah, it'd probably be better to get here earlier. So just from the get-go, it's like, okay, now I got to get here. Now I got to, like, wrap up whatever I'm doing. I'm, like, getting Gordon ready for the day. <laughs> I got to just, like, put put it down, hand it off to Lane, and just get out the house. So things are a bit harder when you have kids and you have uh, your nephews and niece around ruining podcasts. I'm going to mute myself. Yeah. I want to hear about uh, I want to hear about China. Um, 
Let's see. What can I tell you about China? Uh, I went to China to celebrate uh, my buddy Earl's uh, wedding. Um, they were doing a Chinese ceremony uh, for his fiance side of the family because most of them are in China and they didn't. It wasn't going to be feasible for all of them to fly to America, and so we did. Uh, well, they rather they did their ceremony in Shenzhen, which is across the water uh from hong kong so it's like southwest uh, southeast china you were, um, you were worried about that a bit right how how was it it was fine um we never went into hong kong unfortunately uh just from the sense of like wanting to see it you know you're, you're this close and the fact that we couldn't see it was a real disappointment um gotcha. Yeah, because that's where like dim sum and all that stuff's been like like started. Yeah, uh, and so you know the food is going to be amazing. Uh, but we did like the way the the trip broke out was we did four days in Shenzhen, and then we flew to Shanghai uh, to do four days there with my family, and then the last four days were in Beijing, uh, just Carolyn and I. So, from a weather standpoint uh, and sort of a, a geographical standpoint, you can imagine we started in like Mexico weather. So I was there in, like t-shirt and shorts. Um, and I actually wasn't in shorts. I was wearing joggers and I was sweating. Um, and then we did uh, Shanghai, which is New York weather, and then Beijing, which is currently still colder than it is here. Like that, we're talking Canadian weather. Uh, it's dry. It's super freezing. It's nuts. Now, Shenzhen was great. Uh, we flew there on what airline did we fly? Oh, Hainan Airlines, which is a five-star airlines. We didn't leave New York until like. We, f- we took off in New York at around 1 a.m. Uh, Carol and I oh, both boy. took Zequil and we slept. Uh, it was a 14-hour flight uh, direct and thankfully. Uh, wait, was it direct? Yes, it was direct. And it feels like a, the, the trip already feels like a million years ago. And it was a week ago. Um, but a 14-hour flight. We slept for I slept for about eight of it. And then Carolyn slept for about 10 of it. And so that's amazing to take a 14 hour flight and sleep for 10 of it. Yeah. Incredible. Carolyn's just crushing uh, f- you on the sleep, dude. Yeah. She, I mean, she, <laughs> I guess she's not worried about nothing. No. <laughs> no. Um, we get to Shenzhen. Uh, Earl and Ellen are there to meet us at the airport. We actually go back to the hotel. Uh, one of her uncles uh, picked us up and dropped us off because they were still waiting for other people. Uh, Earl's parents were delayed, and so they were staying there for a little bit. Um, it was great because once you're in China, man, everyone thinks that, you know, the, the, a lot of things that people say is, uh, to me first is, do you speak Chinese? Because I, like, look Chinese, obviously. Um, but in China, I don't look Chinese. Does that make sense? Uh, it's been one of those things where I have to grapple with this notion. And then, I'm not trying to get deep on you right here, but, you know, in America, I'm Chinese, but in China, I'm American. No, I, and I understand. So, you feel me on that? So they, everyone's always like, hey, do you speak Chinese in Mandarin? And when then I go, yeah, no, I speak Chinese in Mandarin back to them. Right. My pronunciation is spot on. Like I speak like a mainland guy, not like an ABC dude or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Because that's how you speak with your parents, right? That's how I speak with my parents. That's how I grew up, you know, I grew up speaking like that. Right. So. So hold on. It was, are, are these like, are these like relatives or, or not even relatives? Sorry. Um. Like people who know you, or is this like you're at the airport and somebody asks? It's like anyone. It's anyone. anyone. Is it because of the way you dress? 
Uh, I think it's the way that I'm dressed, also the way that I look. I see. So, like, when I've been to, when I've gone to Ghana, for example, like, they speak English there, but based on the way we dress and the way we look, and also that we're not, like, you know, our, our complexion mm-hmm. is a bit lighter than others there. Everyone assumes. Oh, you like, light-skinned? Oh, yeah, 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 very light-skinned compared to everybody else. Um, Everyone is, like, everyone just assumes, oh, you're American. Like, you get off somewhere where we, we went to um one of, like, the old slave castles where they, like, they, one of, like, the final points where they would have slaves before sending them over to the Americas. Mm-hmm. And there it's like a tourist attraction we get out of our van and like people are swarming us like we're celebrities like they're the paparazzi and they're like trying to get handouts or, or this and that because they know yeah you ain't you ain't from around here right yeah um they it's nothing like that uh especially as a trip went on in beijing people would come up to me and ask for directions and i go i just respond in chinese i go hey i'm not even from around here i'm asking other people for directions um, <laughs> i do that but, uh, i do that all the time yeah. here at home yeah, it's smart. Just be like, people ask me for direction. I'm not even from around here. <laughs> I'm visiting yeah. like you, dude. Yeah. Shenzhen was great. The wedding was great. Her family covered the hotel for everybody. And that was really nice of them. The first night we got there, we did a dinner with a lot of the family that was there already. And then some of uh, some of some friends that were there. So we basically ate uh, some barbecue uh, and the, what's interesting is a lot of restaurants are like in shopping malls in China, and so we were basically like in an outdoor area of the mall eating like really nice food. The next day we had a full day tour, and we were supposed to have a, a bilingual tr- tour guide. Unfortunately, they didn't give us a bilingual tour guide. They gave us some dude who only spoke in Chinese, and so Ellen had to translate the bride had to translate for a bus full of like 30 some odd people which uh you can imagine it not being the best time for her because we would have to wait for the tour guide to say something and then she would translate and then vice versa you know that's frustrating yeah but it was an all-day tour and we got to see a lot of shenzhen we got to go to like we did a we went to this park and the park has like this little hike that you can do that sits up on like this really high point, so you can see the entire skyline, which is nice. And then we went to uh, a botanical garden, and then with traffic being as bad as it was, we all ended up coming back. And we all went to dinner, which was considered like the welcome dinner for everybody. And man, was this this was a beautiful dinner, dude! Chinese people know how to celebrate right with food. We're talking lobster sashimi, the start. But it's so fresh the way they serve it, and you could never serve it here uh, this way. And this is why I also love going back home to, to eat this stuff because, like, food is such a focal point of our culture. Everything happens around the dinner table. They serve the lobster sashimi on like a like a large plate with ice uh, with the lobster head on it. Now it's so fresh, dude. The lobster head is still moving. A severed lobster head oh is in the middle of this plate, and like the oh, people were freaking out, and I'm like, I'm home. I love this. That's how you know that shit's fresh. You know, it's not like this lobster meat has been sitting in the back somewhere for a week. It's like, nah, dude. This thing, this thing was alive ten minutes ago, and now its head is on this ice. But I did tell everyone it's probably better to eat this early because you don't want it. You don't want the lobster sashimi to be like sitting around room temp for too long. Uh, but it was really good. We it, There must have been like 20-odd dishes that came out. And I was telling everyone what things were, uh, which I was happy to do. 
And there's this, uh, there's this alcohol out there they called Baijiu, which is like, we'll call it like white wine, rice liquor, whatever you want to call it. It's not white wine, it's like white rice liquor. Gotcha. Uh, it's a terrible translation. But the idea is it is their version of hard alcohol. Now, the alcohol content is like 50 some odd percent, which is way, it's like 25% higher than vodka and tequila and all that stuff. Because all that stuff out here is like 40 some odd percent. Right. But out there is like 50 some odd percent. It smells very floral, but it tastes like kerosene. <laughs> the great news about it is in China with drinking is most of the time, um, the shot glasses that they use are like maybe one tenth the size of a, of a Western style shot glass. And so, because there's so many toasts that are happening, so you you basically do like a tiny you do a tiny shot, and the size of the shot glass is reflective of that. But this way, everyone can continue to do uh, can give give toasts or whatnot. And I was like, you know what? Let me just have a little bit of this uh, because it's a wedding and people are toasting. And it's you know it's Earl. You can't you can't say no to that. And dude, I I drink a lot that night. Really? For a guy who doesn't drink, and most like a lot of like the uh, the people from New York were like, "Oh, like I've heard so much about this. I uh, I can't wait to you know." People who drink are like, "Oh, I can't wait to do this and try it." Right. And everyone who drank it, like you basically got like the face, like, "Oh, I can't do this." Um, but I'm drinking there, and, I'm, and people are, like doing chasers. People are making like that face, like they just took a shot of tequila. Yeah. Uh, it basically did. Because it basically did. Uh, but like you know, tequila's more serious older brother and the and i'm just drinking i'm like i'm just fine i don't know what's i don't know what's going on maybe it's just because it's my countrymen who made this stuff but i'm drinking this and i'm fine and normally i take a shot of vodka and i am like i'm passing out like i'm ready to go to bed but i drink a lot i was going around to other tables proposing shots i propose shots with like earl's parents ellen's parents uh going to ellen's like extended family and introducing myself and they're like oh you're from shanghai you got to come meet this other guy who's from shanghai and they're like oh where is your family from in shanghai and uh, i told them exactly where and they go man your chinese is so it's so good and i go yeah you know yeah, all this stuff so chinese people are like not afraid to be really really direct yeah with you yeah i've, I've experienced that before <laughs> have you <laughs> with like co-workers and stuff yeah 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 they're just like uh you know, they're like, how much does it, how much do you make? How much does rent cost? And you're like, uh, let's, no, I'm not doing that, you know? Um, but for them, it's, it's, it's much more of a natural thing to be asking all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, the wedding was the next day. It was more of a banquet. It was like in one of those uh, banquet halls in the hotel, which was nice because that meant that no one really had to leave. And it was, uh, I was asked to be part of like the tea ceremony. So the idea is that Earl and Ellen are going to serve tea to the elders of their family as a sign of respect. And I was asked to help bring up the tea uh, on stage and all that. And it was funny because while I was up there, you could tell that like Earl and Ellen were a little bit nervous. And I'm just out there cracking jokes, dude. I'm out there. I'm out there cracking jokes under my breath, making them laugh. And I go, this is, you're going to appreciate this for the, uh, for the wedding video, I think. Um, but the, uh, no, it was good. Uh, dinner was great there as well, and uh, we all sort of a couple of us called it early because a lot of the people who like showed up a day later were looking to go out and go karaoke, and they all came back at like four in the morning, and 
Carol and I were like, let's just go to bed. We're exhausted. It's been a whole day. Now, what's interesting, and I might have to cut this off short, uh, but I'll tell you to, to this part at least, and maybe we can do another episode of the other one, because uh, you're you're gone soon, aren't you? Um, yeah, we'll leave on Wednesday, but I'm, I was planning on taking my mic with me, I think, so that we can just we can get All things right. done so that way we won't have to try to make it All work right. you know same time zone it's easy enough that's fair uh we the next day we were going to do a day trip to macau uh the way that worked is we were going to take a bus from the hotel and originally you can you know if you have uh certain i forget whose papers or what kind of papers you need but uh, you can drive from Shenzhen through Hong Kong to Macau, and that's only about like a 90-minute drive. But if you don't have it, you have to uh, go around the long way. And so that's exact. unfortunately, that's what we did. And we were in the van. Uh, we're on this, like, actually, like, like this massive bus for three and a half hours. Now, Reza, I thought that we were going to get to Macau early. Yeah. And then Carol and I were just going to dip because we were flying out that afternoon. Right. Uh, but when we got there, we were like, oh, shit. Like, this is actually a lot longer than it, than we thought it was yeah. going to take. And then once we got to Macau, you actually have to go through, like, a security checkpoint border and, and customs. It's a really nice building, but it's just – it's like an airport terminal. And because all of us were American, we had to go through, like, super uh, serious customs right, right. and security. While if you're a Chinese citizen, you can just, like – it's basically, like, swiping your ID and you're, and you're right in. Just waltz right in, yeah. Just waltz right in. Uh, and so that took another like 45 minutes to get everyone through security. And what's funny is when I'm ever, whenever I'm at like customs in China, I feel like it's easier for me to, to talk to them. I don't know why I like strike up conversations with these people. Uh, I think a part of it's like, I'm nervous because I have two passports, one being expired that has my, uh, valid visa in it. Uh, and it's a, it's a fat passport and I've got a lot of stamps in there. And right. so I'm. Um, so, you know, that took about 45 minutes to get there. And then we get on the actual Macau side tour bus because the Shen, uh, the Shenzhen style tour bus can't operate in Macau because it's technically like a, a different place. It's like going across state lines in a sense, except a little bit more serious. Uh, so we get on the bus and they're starting to, to talk about the itinerary that's going to happen. And I'm looking at Carolyn like, dude, I think we got to leave like now. And so the first stop, which is like in front of these old Portuguese ruins, I go to Earl and I go, ah, we're going to head out. Like we, we got a plan to catch. And so we, uh, thankfully Ellen gives us, uh, some Hong Kong dollars. Cause that's what, that's what it costs. Oh, that's the currency that they use in Macau. We hopped into a cab. We barely made it onto a fast ferry. And it was like an hour ride back to the uh, back to Shenzhen. We took a cab from the ferry port terminal back to the hotel, and then we took the took a cab from the hotel to the airport, and we flew out. And then we landed in uh, in Shanghai that night. Wow, that kind of sucks. Yeah, it was unfortunately. Yeah, it does suck because we didn't get to like see anything, right. do anything, eat anything. Yeah, you just basically and, just took the trip over, and you're like, all right, bye. Yeah. So, but what's cool is we have a we have a Macau stamp. So, uh, you know, I guess, I guess it's kind of worth it. I don't enough. know. Fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, so that was, that was the first third of it. Uh, unfortunately I do have to go. 
Okay. Uh, so I'm hoping that maybe we'll just continue this uh, during the next episode. Okay. Yeah, that sounds. Um, important. but basically, what I've told you is just like the first, uh, the first third of the trip, and then the next time we talk about this, we can talk about Ch- uh, Shanghai and we talk about Beijing. Got it. Looking forward to it then. All right. All right. Well, I'm Rezo. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thank <laughs> you.